Well, life on the farm, I kind of laid back. Ain't much an old country boy of me can't hack. Early to rise, early in the sack. I thank God I'm a country boy. And I can take you for a ride on my big green tractor. My tractor sexy Goodbye city life Thank God I'm a country boy Good morning, 739 here on News Radio 92.3. I'm Andrew McKay. It's Ben Scola Morning News, and every Monday all this year we've been talking to Ryan Jenkins, our farmer in Jay, Florida, the owner of Jenkins Farms. He he makes the peanuts that you eat in your uh, your Snickers and your uh, candy bars. He makes the cotton that you put in the jeans that you wear. And, uh, you know, he does a couple of other things as well. Those are the big ones, though. Uh, Ryan, welcome back to the Pensacola Morning News, sir. Good morning. How are y'all doing? Hey, I am doing my best to uh, eat more peanuts and wear more cotton. <laughs> That's I Thank know my you. job. You are a true American. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying. I'm trying. So um, uh, as we talked last time, you were still kind of in the middle of finishing up your field work of um, basically, you know, tilling under uh, all of the cotton stalks that are really a pain and they can't just leave those and, you know, putting down the cover crops for the winter. Uh, where are we at on field work? We are finished for 2022, and it feels good to say that. Uh, we finished everything up on Friday, so now tractors can be cleaned up and parked in the barn until next year, which isn't just a few weeks away. But still, it feels good to be able to say we finished that this year. And, uh, it's, been a, it's been a good year for us in general. You know, we've had some challenges along the way, as, as your listeners have heard, but Man, it feels good to be done for the year. It's time to go take a cruise. You know, it's time to go on some vacation for a couple of weeks and enjoy the wife, right? Now, Andrew, you've already gotten me in trouble before <laughs> saying stuff like that. And this is not helping any whatsoever. I'm just, I'm sorry. I don't mean to be out ahead of the story, you know. <laughs> The last time you said something like that, I ended up in New York City. <laughs> well, good for you. That was good for you, right? That's a good thing. Uh, yeah, I guess so. I see a lot of people up there need to eat peanuts and wear cotton. But that's right. Yeah, that's that, right. That turned out. Yeah. And and they probably think of you as a bit of a, a bit of a feature, <laughs> a bit of a bit of an oh, encounter. No doubt. Yeah. All right. I had, to, I had to repeat myself several times. Well, that's just because they don't know how to listen at your pace. I mean, that's the problem. So it's good. I love it. it. Um, so you're still, have you gotten all the cotton graded? Is it, are we still in that process? It's kind of, it seems like it's a forever process. It is. It takes, you know, this time of the year, it takes quite a while. Uh, once you do get your cotton harvested, then like we've talked about before, it has to go to the gin and excuse me. Usually it sits there on the yard for a little while, you know, kind of in line and then they gin it and then it has to be sent off to the, the great the samples have to be sent off to the USDA, the Department of Agriculture, to be graded, and then you're given a grade, and then that grade is how the buyers decide if they want to buy your cotton and how much they're going to pay for it. Um, so it's a it's a lengthy process, but I thought your your listeners might want to hear a little bit about the grading process and yeah. some of the different categories that the cotton gets graded on. Well, well, and especially because um, you know this is like. You know, it might seem like a kind of in the details thing, but your whole year is spent making this cotton, getting it harvested. You get a certain amount of volume and weight and you know what that is. But then your whole payout (laughs) for the year depends on what grade they slap on those various bales of cotton, right? 
That's right. Uh, some of the first grades of the season were coming back. We were getting a five cent premium. I know that doesn't sound like a lot to people, but it really is when you're talking about 80 cents cotton, 80 cents per pound you get paid. If you get five more cents per pound and you've got a whole lot of pounds, it doesn't take long to make a big difference. Yeah. And then this week, we uh, unfortunately, we got some grades back that were five cents below Oh, what what we should have got take you know kind of the baseline. So I'm going to talk about that just a little bit because I do think it's interesting. Um, some of the things there are several categories that we get graded on. One of the big ones is color. Uh, you know, it, you want it as wide as it could possibly be. Um, Micronaire is one. So the Micronaire is basically the diameter of the of the lint. The staple. That's the length of the lint, and that's what that's what docked us so hard this week was we got back some grades that was short staple. So when they go to spin the spin the yarn, the yarn makes the fabric. You know, if those uh, pieces of lint aren't long enough, it doesn't do like they want it to do. Um, then you get into uniformity. So you want all your fibers as close to the same in all these categories as possible. And and quite honestly, that's one place. That's one way that uh, polyester, I guess, would be a little bit more superior to cotton is, you know, polyester is a man-made fiber, so it's made in a, in a factory, and they just type in, more or less, what size they want all these fibers to be, and that's what they are. So, so uniformity on polyester would be extremely high. You know, if you want a certain size mic, a certain size staple, all that, they just program that into their system. And every piece of fiber that comes out of the plant is that size. So that's that's one place that polyester is a little more appealing to some um, manufacturers is that it's all uniform versus cotton, which is a, something that's grown naturally, and you know it's all different sizes and shapes. So, so you're getting you're getting dinged a little bit on length, on width, um, on color. Uh, we need to take a quick break and get a traffic in here, but I want to ask about contamination because I know that's another one of these categories that they grade you on. We're talking to Ryan Jenkins, our owner of Jenkins Farms up in Jay, Florida. Candy has traffic on the fives. Traffic on the fives brought to you by Torgus and Causey Insurance Benefits. Watching one accident on the west side of Pensacola, Lillian and 50th. It's in Myrtle Grove, but not a roadblock. Torgus and Causey Insurance Benefits bringing you traffic on the fives. If you need help with planning your business benefits, let Torgus and Causey help lead the way. Go to tcbenefitsgroup.com. Traffic tips, text 437 1620 uh, News Radio 923 informative local dependable Thanks Candy back to Ryan Jenkins um, let's talk a little bit about the uh, unless there's another category that you need to tell people about uh, what about contamination because that can be all kinds of stuff right Contamination is big um, you know years ago typically the contamination was leaf you know off the plants or from weeds or something like that grass bark off the plant itself those type of things, you know, the trash is basically anything in it that's not cotton, that's not cotton lint. So you get you get docked for those little things. But um, in more recent years, the big problem is plastic contamination. What? And to begin with, the plastic contamination was plastic bags, like uh, shopping bags that blow out of somebody's truck or whatever, you know, that you see it going up and down the road. They'll blow up. They'll blow out into the field, and you may or may not see it, and it, it ends up in the cotton somehow. 
goes through the ginning process and then ends up in your sample. And then of very recent years, as we've started using the new cotton pickers, the roller pickers, like what you came and, and rode on, yeah. you know, that we wrap those, we wrap those modules, those rolls in, in plastic and the same thing. If, if that gets into the, into the cotton in the process, that's very bad. And it's very bad because if that gets in your sample and a buyer sees that that's in your sample, which they will, it's a big red flag deal. But if it's in your sample, they'll reject the bale. That bale will be, uh, they, they'll put no sale on it. On the so whole bale? you end up losing that whole bale of cotton, even if you find just one little itty-bitty fragment of plastic in your sample. Wow. So and and a, bale, a, big, a bale, again, is 450 pounds? Is that right? 500 pounds, yeah. 500, 500 pounds. pounds. So, a, so one plastic bag, a piece of a plastic bag, gets in the sampled portion of a 500-pound bale, uh, that's worth, let's say, four hundred dollars. You said eighty cents a pound. Um, that's four hundred dollars you yeah. lose because of that one bag. That's right. And the reason is, you know, well, there's a couple of reasons. Number one, when they spin the yarn, when they when they're making the yarn, it can stop up the machinery. The plastic can, but if it makes it through that process and into the yarn and into the fabric, say they're making a, a real nice pair of pants. For, for instance, when they go to dye that, the plastic will not accept the dye, so there'll be a big, different colored spot on that expensive pair of pants. Huh. So that's why they, you can't have any plastic in your, in your cotton. Well, it makes sense, and it's kind of one of those things. Like when you when you think about it, could there be plastic? Is it acceptable to have plastic in the fabric? Well, of course not, but that doesn't just happen magically. <laughs> there has to be, you know, that's, some process. <laughs> So wow, that's right. We're not we're not growing any plastic. Yeah, so that's a that's a big deal, you know. And and as like how you know, often does that happen? Years, it's how often would that happen? Well, you hope you hope none, but uh, you know there there are some at the gins here at J every year that that happens to. Huh. I was up there the other day, and when it happens, they take a picture of the plastic that's in the sample and send it back to you for proof of it. You know. And uh, like the other day, we could tell clearly it was a, you know, I say Walmart bag, a plastic shopping bag. Yeah. You, you could tell, obviously, that's what it was. It wasn't yellow or pink or blue color like the wrap is on the cotton, in the cotton picker. So. Well, one, one, more, uh, reason to, one more reason to tell all of our people in their cars, please don't throw the plastic bags out. You might be costing some farmer. Uh, four or five hundred dollars just because of that one bag. Wow, that is sobering to think about. Um, we always like to end with some kind of a, a farm myth or, or sorry, a farm fact or something like that. Do you have one for us today, Ryan? I do. The average T-shirts that are made of a hundred percent cotton, it takes about a half a pound of cotton to make each of those T-shirts. So if you look at it in today's prices, that's about forty cents worth of cotton in a hundred percent cotton T-shirt. 
Okay. <laughs> so the uh, the twenty or thirty dollar uh, T-shirt that you buy at the store uh, or you know the, your athletic outlet or whatever, uh, Ryan Jenkins is not getting twenty bucks <laughs> out of that shirt. No, I wish I was. If I was just getting two bucks, I'd be happy. Yeah, right. I mean, that'd be uh, you know four times what you're making right now. Well, Ryan Jenkins, he is the yeah, owner of Jenkins exactly. Farms in Jay, Florida. We talked to him every Monday. We'll talk to him again next Monday. Ryan, as always, thank you for what you do and uh, thanks for informing our audience i appreciate it well thank you for having us i hope y'all have a great week 